0: Good afternoon folks, or good morning to whoever you are. Hello to people out there at Christian Coffee Time and folks here. You're um, just uh, having a, a laugh at, uh, at my expense here, that's okay. We can't laugh at ourselves, we can't uh, laugh at anybody else, eh? Take your Bibles please and turn to the book of Hebrews. We're going to have a look at something here at the beginning of it. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure if we're going to do uh, a whole series on Hebrews or not. But we're going to just start right here, and we're not going to keep you here for the whole series, but um, we're just going to have a look at a couple of things here first of all. Now, in Hebrews chapter 1, we want to read the first three verses, okay? And we'll, um, um, why don't you just follow in your Bibles then as I read? or do you want to read together? Would that be better? And how would it work with this? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, let's see what happens. Let's read together. God, who had sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, but also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had had by himself purged our sins, sins, sat down at at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's just pause for a moment for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you now, Lord, for this time, and we can look into your word, and we pray, Lord, that you'll give us the understanding, and you'll take these few things that we have gathered here, Lord, to speak on, and uh, we just pray that the Lord Jesus would be honored, and you'd be honored, Father, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just would uh, put these things together and let these be your words here today. And we thank you for the admonition and such that go forth from here, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to open your word and look at what you've said. So we thank you now and ask your blessing in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We're going to have a look at uh, just a few words here. We want to pick out uh, the first word from verse 1 and the first word from verse 2 and the 6th word from verse 2 and what do you end up with there God hath said so when we look at the opening of the book of hebrews a wonderful book they're all wonderful books but it, uh, it has a message here in this little bit here there's a couple of different messages uh, three different messages but we're just going to do the first one is God has spoken unto us by his son we're going to have a look this morning at God has spoken and look at some of the things about that. Thus saith the Lord God has uh, uh, has given us His His word, and He has spoken. I want to look at the, first of all the finality of God speaking. God has the last word, and should have the last word. How many times have you ever been in a discussion? We'll call it a discussion, not an argument, with somebody, and uh, you just have to have the last word. you know? Or some people do that. I know some people that are like that. And they have the last word. And maybe that's me. Uh, But we, we, we do that sometimes. And we would go to great lengths to get the last word. God says here basically that He has said. And He gets the last word. He is the last word. You know, you come to the Bible by faith. In Genesis it tells us, Uh, Chapter 1 It says, God created uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It just uh, you come to it by faith. God has spoken, He said, This is this, and that's all there is to it. Um, This excess of speaking that we have sometimes, we have to have the last word, sometimes we just need to be quiet. It reminds me of that portion of scripture in Corinthians where the Apostle Paul is uh, correcting the Corinthian church there. And uh, in chapter 14, he says, Every one of you has a song. every one of you has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. He's basically saying that the Spirit of God saying to that church, saying to the people, you need to be quiet and sit down and listen to the Word of God. As they were at that time, as there are in certain denominations that believe that we have prophets and such today, and they're popping up and saying, I have this word from the Lord and so on and so forth, and goes on and on. Uh, uh, They need to just sit down and be quiet. I need to sit down and listen. God says, I have spoken, I have given my, my word. The importance of God speaking, we'll consider that for a moment, um, the authority, the authority in our lives, the authority for us, for our, our, our lives, and for everything that we would do, for direction in your life. What would you do, or what would you, where would you be today if you didn't have the word of God as an authority in your life? Any idea? We don't know where we would be. Likely. Uh, we take the Word of God for our direction. So, people that use the Word of God and have the Word of God, it gives them direction. God's directing them and such. He tells us that in the Proverbs. If we didn't have that in our lives, we would be just like, or we would be, the unsaved, wouldn't we? When we were unsaved, that's exactly how we lived. The authority of our lives and in our lives was not God, but ourselves. Now, stop and think about that for a minute. Where have you heard that before? Ye shall be as gods. And you will, have the, you will be the authority, and you will do what you want to do. You'll fulfill all the desires of your own hearts, just whatever you please. If the authority is ourselves and not God, then that's exactly what happens. But we must have the authority from God, the authority of God, for direction in our lives. He'll direct us in every way if we look to Him. We need that structure in our lives. We need that structure in our homes. Structure in society. Notice what's happening to society today is those things are being torn down. And the bottom the root problem is that God is removed out of the equation. If we look at the tense right here, and we looked at those three words, God hath spoken. And those three words give us the outline of the message right there as it stands. The tense God has spoken—that's past tense, isn't it? From the time of this writing, is past tense. Um, God has spoken. Now we know that from the writing of that, the time of this writing. Uh, uh, well, we believe that revelation was the last written book. When all the um, books of the Bible were put together, then God was finished with His uh, uh, with the revelation. Though no. He's not revealing anything new now today, is he? God has spoken. He spoke to us uh, in His Son, by His Son. In chapter uh, 13 of Corinthians, we have uh, um, a portion there that talks about. There's three different speaking gifts mentioned. There's speaking in tongues. There's the gift of knowledge, and there's a uh, gift of prophecy. And the Lord's saying in that portion of Scripture that, that from from that time of Corinthians, there was a future time was coming that those three speaking gifts would be done away with. Why? How could that be? When that which is perfect is come, some say, well, that's when the Lord returns, and that's not what He's talking about. Well, that's the eternal estate, and that's not what He's talking about. He's talking about something that will replace those speaking gifts. That's the completed canon of Scripture. You don't need the gift of knowledge. It's right here written down. You need to read it. You don't need the the gift of tongues. People need the Bible in their own language. You you don't need the, uh, uh, um, um, what was the third one? I forget. Somebody tell me. (laughs) I forget. Prophecy, yes, thank you. My mind just does that sometimes. Prophecy, I get thinking way ahead of myself. The gift of prophecy, we don't need anybody to stand up and say, this is what God says to us for our direction. No, we have the word of God. That which is perfect has come. We note in Second Peter um, chapter 2 and verse 1 that the apostle Peter says that there were false prophets among the people, past tense, from his standpoint at that time They he wrote that. There were false prophets, and he also says there shall be false teachers. So we can see that there was going to be a change from prophets to teachers. When the scriptures came, the prophets were gone. The, uh, actually, it was before that. And we have Bible teachers now. <coughs> Luke 16 16 says the law and the prophets were until John. Anyway. so um, we, we see that uh, uh, prophecy and the prophets are not needed because Scripture is complete. What we have today and what God has given to us in, in the place of that is Bible teachers. The Holy Spirit gives us that. And what's the number one thing that a Bible teacher... Now, it doesn't have to be somebody that's gifted or a preacher or something like that. Every one of us are to be Bible teachers in order to be teaching other people, right? We're supposed to be doing that. What's the number one thing that we must know, that we must teach? Thus saith the Lord. But God has said. But God says. I remember when we first got saved and Robin and I were um, discipled by Mr. Black and I've, I've told you this many times, but it just sticks in my mind. He was teaching us something. Maybe he didn't even know he was, but I think he did. And we would go on through, and we do all the questions, and we would sit down hour upon hour going through and studying um, the Bible. And every question that was asked him, he would say, Well, let's just see what the Word of God says. Or let's see what God says about that. And he was instilling in us that everything, every question, everything, you bring it to the Bible, you bring it to God's Word. What does God say about that? What does God say about this or that or the other thing? Let's look to Him first and foremost. The absolute final authority for individuals, the authority for nations, the authority for all people of all time, for all situations, what does God say? He's already spoken to us. We need to find out, and we need to look to Him. If we don't do that, if people don't do that, if the Bible isn't doesn't have that place, then self becomes the authority. And the most common thing you'll hear is, "Well, I think." You ever heard that? You can talk to some people. If you have, um, if you're uh, an authority in a certain area or something like that, uh, um, like as you know, I was an auto mechanic for several years. I know couple things about cars. And sometimes people would argue about this is how this is. No. no. You go to the doctor. That's a silly one. You, you, everybody argues with the doctor. They don't know. Right? we got to tell them. But you know, uh, pick, uh, pick a thing. You argue with the plumber. That's not how you solder that. No. It doesn't matter what we think. God is the authority. The absolute authority. You can't tell me. God is the authority. Self cannot be. I remember that time. It comes to mind. That time, uh, my wife had a, a discussion with a lady after a service out in the hall. He wasn't here, and uh, and uh, the lady said something to the effect that um, I, I don't, I don't want to hear what the Bible says. What do you think? <laughs> That's all backwards, isn't it? That's just all backwards. But consider the um, the mess that the world's in today. Why? What? ignoring neglecting the Word of God and replacing it with self and man's made man-made ideas and so on and so forth I have a book I was going to dig out and bring in and um, it has a whole bunch of charts and stuff and it was about uh, in the United States when they uh, took the uh, they went to court and they took ended up the bottom line was the um, kicked the Bible out of the school system. And these charts would show, um, like the, uh, the the what do they call it? SAT scores or whatever it is that they do the tests and stuff. They show that you know the the level for every year and so on and so forth. And that when they kicked the Bible out in 1963, uh, <clears throat> after that the graph plunges, or uh, uh, immorality amongst the teens and school children, and that uh, uh, went way up, and, and all the effects that. Having the Bible removed. Now, how many remember when the Bible was handed out in school? Some, some do. And uh, it was a different time. The Bible, it was a great influence in our lives at that time. But now, today, the Bible's been removed from society. They're trying to cast off the bands of the Lord of God. Psalm 2 talks about that. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. When you look up that word laugh, it has the idea of mocking. God will mock. But that's what happens when the word of God's taken out. Look at the pro- crime today. Back in the book of Habakkuk, now this is just a few years before the Babylonians came over and took over. Just a few years before that, Habakkuk says that um, the law is slacked and wrong judgment doth proceed. Hey, that sounds like today. There's something really wrong today when they're calling uh, evil good and good evil. There's no fear of God there. And that's what happens when you remove the um, uh, when you remove the uh, fear of God, remove the Word of God out from things, uh, from society. Sins against humanity and violence and such. What did God? What's one of the main reasons God brought the flood back in Genesis? Violence upon the earth. And look at the violence today. Because it moved away from God. Look at the immorality today. You know, all sin is against God. Lying—it seems like—it seems like everybody lies and thinks nothing of it. But God says that liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. Revelation tells us that. Abortion—it's just rampant. How many thousands and how many millions has it been since that thing started? But God says, "Thou shalt not kill." And, and, and hatred, you know, I hear people talking about how, the, you know, they don't like this person, they don't like that person, they can't get along with this person at work, and so on and so forth, name calling, but God says that man is made in his image, and James talks about we shouldn't speak like that about other people, because they're made in the image of God, there has to be respect for other people, the hatred of, of, of uh, others, it just won't, uh, it won't stand, it's not, uh, God says no, that's not the way it's to be today we may be seeing the consequences just the beginnings of the consequences of nations societies forgetting god turning away and what does it tell us in psalm chapter 9 verse 17 that the nations that forget god shall be turned into hell now the interpretation of that is that that all the people of the nations they oh that's where they'll find the end up but maybe an application is that right now the societies and our nations will be turned into like a living hell. I mean, if you go to Venezuela today, they're not having a good time. Why? Because they kicked God out. The governments want to get rid of him in the communistic society and such like that. They want to get rid of him. And uh, the countries, look, look at how many people are killed in, in uh, uh, have been killed, say, in China and in Russia, their own people. Not to say that there's any nation that doesn't do bad things, but I'm just saying um, these things that uh, are going on today. The greatest crime of all, though, is the suppression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God says, get that word out there, and man's trying to stop that thing, suppress it and stuff. You're not allowed to speak about it in school. You're not allowed to speak about it many places now, and it's coming when the Bible will be uh, hate speech. It could come sometime. Uh, What a crime! Um, the gospel is so important God has said and He has spoken to us in His Son that Jesus Christ, the Son of God God the Son, Son God manifest in the flesh went to the cross of Calvary because God loves us and God so loved the world He loves us so much that God became the uh, sacrifice for sin that He would go to the cross that He would be nailed on that cross after being beaten, but nailed on that cross and shed His blood because He loves you, because He loves all people. And He's taken their sins upon Himself on the cross and dies on the cross and they bury Him in the tomb and He rises from the dead on the third day. And that anybody, anybody, anybody that would trust in Christ, that would put their faith in Jesus Christ, believe it in Him with all of their heart would be saved. And it's an absolute crime to suppress that, to suppress the knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ. The most terrible result from not hearing, the most terrible result from not heeding God's word is eternal damnation. This verse, John 3.16, that we often quote, is in the middle of a bunch of verses, and the main context there that follows after this is condemnation. And it says that he that believeth uh, uh, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. But this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. There's the problem right there. Their deeds were evil. Many say today that, oh, every road leads to God, and they're bringing that out, and it's coming out, and everybody's gathered together, and it's going to do that in the end times. But God says no. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. This is what God has said. <clears throat> well, you can believe in this and that, or the other thing, or some strange thing people have set up. Jesus said to the Pharisees, it says, except you believe that I am, I am, that's the Lord, that's his name, that's who he is, except you believe that I am the deity of Jesus Christ, except you believe that I am, you shall die in your sins. Some people say, oh, we do this, and then we've done this, and we've done many wonderful works. But God says, Jesus said, many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord. I shall say unto them, I never knew you. It's important to know what God has said for every area of life, beginning with salvation, because we don't have life until we're saved, do we? living in darkness otherwise. You look at the political scene today, the religious scene today, the economic scene, and it's bad, yes it is. And it's going to get worse. God says, you need to look unto me, all ye the ends of the earth. Perhaps though the troubles that are upon us are not much different from the Old Testament where Israel when it wandered away from God God would get their attention or correct them by allowing the heathen nations round about whether it be the Philistines or Egyptians or whoever else to come in and oppress them because they moved away from God. There's a, is there a pattern here? They move away from God and He lets things happen. Hey look at that what's happening today because our countries are moving away from God. politics and religion and economics and all these things and we should just get away from that for a bit anyways. The important thing to look to the Lord or well, we can see the effects of it round about us in our lives and our society. That should stir us and help, help us to see and understand that everything has a, has a uh, that fruit will come from everything that's sowed that's the principle of sowing and reaping. But We need to ask ourselves past all this. How about you today? Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Sometimes I say to people, you believed in Jesus Christ, and that's wonderful. But do you trust Him? Do you know there's a difference? Biblical faith, biblical belief, has trust with it. There are incidences in the Bible, whether it was uh, Simon the Sorcerer, or some of the Pharisees, or others, that believed in Jesus. The Pharisees and the Jews in chapter 8 of John. At the end of the chapter they're throwing stones at him. What kind of belief is that? The Bible says in James that the devils believe and tremble. What kind of belief is that? You must trust faith. Trust in Christ with all of your heart. And then are we obedient to the word of God. God's word must be obeyed. God's word is the authority. Whether people will accept it or not. It is. But for those that are born again, those that are Christians, the Word of God is so important. That is our authority. Don't let anybody or anything keep you from it. And finally, our understanding, the importance and imperativeness. Is that a word? That's not a word. It's a new word, okay? It's a new word. The imperativeness, I won't use that. Of having the right authority in your life, that is God's Word. Jesus, the living Word of God. The Bible, the written Word of God. God has spoken. He has spoken. And with that, let's finish. Thank the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time, these few moments, Lord, that we can just look into your Word and consider God has spoken. Lord, we thank you for the book of Hebrews. And Lord, we just thank you that, uh, well, that we can come to you, anybody can come to you through Jesus Christ in faith. And Lord, let us view and see and have your word as the authority over all. And thank you, Lord. We just thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that's it. Thank you, folks. Bye now.